Thank you for tuning in to the Royals in Action broadcast today. Your participation means a lot to us. The essence of this program is to educate you on how to apply the Word of God practically to bring about positive outcomes in your daily situations. And joining us for this insightful journey is R.K. Achina. Quickly, I'm going to need you to grab your Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're going to read from verse number 15 through the 19th verse. Verse number 15 through the 19th verse. There you will find the assignment that the Holy Spirit has given me to share with you today. It is a blessing to see you all in the house of the Lord. Amen. All right. I have no other agenda today but to share with you what God has shared with me. And I believe this is going to totally transform your life. Amen. I'm going to be talking to you on the subject, live or die. Amen. Live or die. So go with me to Deuteronomy 30 verse number 15. I read, listen closely. I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk, that is to live each and every day in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments so that you will live and multiply and that the lord your god will bless you in the land which you are entering to possess but if your heart turns away and you will not hear and obey but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them i declare to you today that you will certainly perish you will not live long in the land which you cross the jordan to enter and possess i call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that i have set before you life and death the blessing and the curse therefore you shall choose life in order that you may live you and your descendants amen just so you know the 30th chapter of deuteronomy is a continuation from chapter 29 and since the lord and moses knew that the children of israel would eventually turn against the most high god in rebellion moses had to take action right he had to take action to prevent the people of israel from doing that moses then called the israelites into what i call the live or die treaty the live or die treaty before we dig a little more into this i'd like to clarify something real quick when you read the verse number 19 it says i call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that i have set before you life and death the phrase life and death isn't talking about justification it's not talking about going to heaven if you choose life and going to hell if you choose death. <laughs> Are you with me, somebody? He's not talking about justification. He's talking about fellowship. 
<laughs> he's talking about full enjoyment of life on earth if you choose life and absolute misery absolute suffering absolute agony if you choose death amen when you understand it this way you get a whole different perspective on this subject now why is choice important to god have you thought about that why is choice important to god why would god choose to create humanity and then set them in a garden and give them the ability to choose their destinies why would he do that because god said to adam but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day you eat of it you surely die that's a choice right there eat the fruit and you will die or avoid it and you will live <laughs> and besides that god had intentionally put another tree in the garden and called it the tree of life <laughs> we'll prove that to you in a moment okay just give me a second now go with me to genesis chapter 2 verse 9 and the lord god caused to grow from the ground every tree that is desirable and pleasing to the sight and good for food the tree of life if you want to underline that was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil amen so as you can clearly see the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil were both in the garden <laughs> and he had commanded man to eat from any tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because if they ate from that they would die is somebody catching this <laughs> and although adam and eve had the permission the right to eat of the tree of life and live forever they wouldn't they wouldn't between these two trees they chose the one that produced death the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that's a choice right there but above all why is choice so important to god because write this down god doesn't have authority over free will <laughs> i'm taking it again i said god doesn't have authority over free will and that's what makes him equivalent to law <laughs> and that's why we call him law the bible says god is love <laughs> now if god exercised authority over free will he would be qualified as a tyrant and he wouldn't be called love does it make sense it's only tyrants who overrule free will <laughs> first john chapter 4 verse 18 says there's no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear
so it's only tyrants who delight in applying fear amen you express choice through your free will and you can't choose anything until you will it first god doesn't force anyone to serve or worship him even the angels in heaven worship god out of free will some people think that because god knows the future he forces his sovereign will on us i mean that 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 that's logical that, that that's that's logical but that would make god a tyrant he's not a god of compulsion amen he's not a god of obligation knowing the future has nothing to do with our free will now jesus told peter that he would deny him three times and this eventually happened you see god has what we call foreknowledge the power of foreknowledge so he's able to see into the future and knows what action people will take even if those actions are based on free will <laughs> does it make sense and telling someone about an action they will take in the next 30 minutes does not mean that god is forcing his will on that person does it a big no again god is not a tyrant he's a loving father oh gosh he's a loving father who respects your will the book of isaiah 30 21 proves this he says your ears will hear a word behind you this is the way walk in it whenever you turn to the right or to the left this suggests that there will be two ways in front of you and if you are wondering where to go god will point it out to you he will point out the right way to go but notice he will not make you take that action he will give you direction and then leaves the final decision to you he will tell you but he won't make you <laughs> god doesn't want robots he wants a family amen, amen. choice is so important to god that he won't do nothing in your life without it jesus died for all men thank god but salvation is for those who have made the ultimate choice to receive it faith also follows the same concept believe or not healing and deliverance follow the same principle if i lay my hands on you right now intending to heal you and you are not willing to be healed guess what <laughs> you won't be healed if you're possessed and they bring you in to be delivered and you are not willing to receive it guess what <laughs> you won't be delivered look god said in isaiah 30 verse 15 in returning to me and rest you shall be saved in quietness and confident trust is your strength but you were not willing but you were not willing choice is very important to god 
Now that we have this in mind, let's look at why it seems so difficult to do God's word. We just saw in Deuteronomy 30 that people of Israel had to choose between life and death. If they chose death, they would have freedom to sin. <laughs> they would be free to sin. They'll be free to worship false gods. They'll be free to fornicate, to steal, and doing whatever they want. But they would also face the repercussions. Amen? The repercussions include a lifetime of curses, <laughs> a lifetime of sorrow, lifetime of sickness, misery, and whatnot. However, choosing life would mean another type of freedom. Freedom from sin. And the consequences will cover a lifetime of blessings. Amen. A lifetime of joy, prosperity, fruitness, and a good deal more. These blessings are only possible if they do three things. Number one, to love the Lord your God. Number two, to walk in his ways. And number three, to keep his commandments. <laughs> Just imagine that you were with Moses when the Israelites were given the choice between life and death. How certain, how certain are you that you would perfectly obey the Lord's commands? Tell me. How certain? Could you keep loving the Lord? Could you keep obeying his commands? Could you keep walking his ways perfectly? Be honest. No, it's a big no. I want you to know that this wasn't just a one-time decision. Let's see how the Amplified Version translated Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 16. It said, and I read, In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk, that is to live each and every day in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes. As you can plainly see, it wasn't about choosing to live one day and worshiping idols the next. <laughs> it was a daily decision, a decision to live each and every day in his ways and to keep his commandments. <laughs> Another important thing I don't want you to miss out is the verse number 17. It says, but if your heart turns away, and you will not hear and obey, but are drawn, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I declare to you today that you will certainly perish. So back to my previous question. How confident would you be in your ability to perfectly keep his commandments? You see, this question is very essential because that's one reason most people think Obeying God's commandments is difficult. How confident would you be in your ability to perfectly keep his commandments? As you're thinking about this question, I'll have you know that God never intended the Israelites to adhere perfectly to his commandments. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong here. God wanted the children of Israel to keep his commandments and to love him all right but 
He wasn't looking for a perfect obedience to his commandments. Mm-hmm. Let it sink in. That's what we miss sometimes. And I'm going to prove that to you soon. In your notes, obeying God's commandments perfectly and flawlessly is what we call right living. <laughs> However, being made right with God is what we call righteousness. There is a difference. I'll take it again. Right living is obeying God's commandments perfectly and flawlessly. But righteousness is the condition of being made right with God. So the Israelites thought right actions would make them right with God. But what God actually meant was that if they became right with him, it would produce the right actions. <laughs> The people of Israel thought that right living would make them righteous. But what God wanted was the exact opposite. Amen? God wanted them to be righteous first. And then the right actions would follow. If you're still not convinced, let's look at some proofs here. Number one, if God wanted people to perfectly follow his commands and ways, Moses himself wouldn't qualify. Think about that for a moment. Moses had disobeyed God at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the book of Numbers, chapter 20. And because of his sin, God told him he would not bring the people of Israel into the promised land. Hence, how could Moses, who sinned against God, possibly be preaching to sinners about right living, about perfection. No way, it doesn't make sense, does it? That's proof number one. Number two, if God was looking for perfect obedience to his commandments, he would make no provisions for sin. <laughs> when you read the fourth chapter of the book of Leviticus, you realize God was giving Moses direct instructions on how to carry out the sin offering as the atonement for their sins. God knew they would sin. That's why he made the sin offering in order to forgive them of their sins. You see, so God wasn't looking for self-righteous, perfect people. Amen? Abraham, whom many people deem as holy, would fall short of God's standards if measured against his commandments. First, he lied twice in the Bible. And that actually breaks the ninth commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness. <laughs> Second, he was doubtful. Doubtful about the promises of God. And yet, James 2.23 says, God calls him righteous. God calls him a friend. Elijah the man who never died and was translated because of his holy life. He also made some terrible mistakes. When he was persecuted, he fled and became so worried about it, he asked the Lord to kill him. 1 Kings chapter 19. The Lord later spoke in an audible voice and commanded him to do three things, but Elijah only obeyed one. 
Beside all of these flaws, Elijah never died and was translated. Amen. You see, the point I'm trying to make here is that even though our heart conditions influence our actions, we all fall short in our actions at some point. Elijah and Abraham fell short at some point. And if God only accepted right actions from us in order to be pleased, then man, nobody would pass the test. Absolutely no one would pass the test. My point is choosing life over death is not a matter of obeying his commandments perfectly. It's crucial to get this because if you keep thinking that way, man, you're going to get tired trying to please God. You're going to get tired trying to please God. Thank you for joining us in this enlightening journey today. Before we wrap up, subscribe to our podcast so you're kept in the loop about our next amazing episodes. To join our community or support our ministry, click the link in the description or visit royalsinaction.org. Until next time, Royals in Action is here to remind you to embrace your destiny as a chosen channel of God's royalty. God bless you.